Amen. It was good to hear you belting out worship to Jesus this morning. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Before we jump into the message, I want to tell you that um, this past week had major impact, I think, in our community. Uh, I saw you guys serving at Cottonwood Park, doing different things, loving on people, and, and the Lord blessed that. Then I saw you serving at Farm Fest at our water booth, and we were giving out water uh, to people that were thirsty, and, and not only that, but the bridge didn't actually buy any water uh, because you donated donated water, and I can't tell you exactly how much water we gave out, but it was over 700 bottles of water. I know I quit counting at 700. That's like my limit, um, but um, it was over 700 bottles of water to people in our community, and, and just thank you. Thank you for serving our community. Thank you for giving the water. Um, I'm blessed to call the bridge home, and I'm, I'm thankful for y'all. This morning, we're going to continue walking through the book of James. If you want to go ahead and turn there, James chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 25. And in this journey through James, we're talking about faith. And, and some people think faith is just like this blind believism, like uh, you got to have faith, you got to believe, you got to believe, you got to believe. But that's not necessarily how the Bible describes faith. It, the Bible describes faith in action, that, that there's actually our faith, what we believe affects what we do and, and the things that we say, and uh, faith actually moves us. It's not just a blind believism. And that's what the book of James is about. The title of this morning's message is An Obedient Faith. We're going to look at what James says about how faith affects our obedience Obedience is pretty important at the Clegg House. Um, we, I don't know what you believe about discipline, but we do discipline our children. Um, and sometimes we have to spank our children. We don't, we don't enjoy it. We don't look forward to the next time we do it, but sometimes we have to, we feel like. A few months after we brought Judd home from China, if you're not familiar with our family, Judd uh, was born in Shanghai, China, and we went over there to adopt him, and we brought him back when he was about two and a half years old, and a couple months after he was home, uh, Judd got in trouble, and we put him in time out because, I mean, the brother's Chinese. You know, I mean, he, we don't know exactly what he understands and what he doesn't. So I had put Judd in timeout. I talked to him about what he'd done wrong. And Selah, our youngest daughter, runs up to me. And she was little at the time. And she's giving me a bad look right now. Um, but she runs up to me at the time and she goes, Daddy, I, I want to ask you something. And I said, Okay. And she said, Why is it that when me and Laney get in trouble, we get spankings? And when Judd gets in trouble, he gets put in time out. And I was like, hmm. I said, well, we're not sure that Judd understands everything that we're telling him, and he's a different circumstance. We need to be sure that he knows he loves us and that kind of thing. And she said, okay. 
So she ran off. A couple days later, I'm sitting in the living room just chilling, uh, probably reading the Bible. (laughs) And I hear from Selah's room, whack, 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 whack. I'm like, man. So I jump up and I run in there. Judge crying, and I look at Selah, and I said, Selah, what happened? And her eyes are like that big looking up at me, and she goes, I told Judd to help me clean my room, and he knew exactly what I said. He didn't do it, so I wore his little tail out. And I was like, man, all right, well, you do you, sister. Um... So since then, there's been a lot of changes in the way we discipline. The point to this morning's message is obey Jesus or Selah's coming to get you. Uh, What we're going to do today is we're going to read a a short passage of this, and then we're going to highlight a few things and talk through it. So James chapter 1, verse 19 My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls." The first couple verses of that passage may be the most counter church culture, cultural passages of anything we can read today for our world. Being slow to speak, quick to listen. In the church world, we, we want to speak quick. I mean, you can, you can Google, you can get on Google. And there's a million blogs about whatever you want to read about from Christians. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against blogs. If you've got one, I'm not condemning you right now. But there's, there's Facebook posts about Christianity. And there's Instagram posts about Christianity. And there's um, Twitter posts about Christianity. And it's like we're quick to speak. When something happens, everybody wants to start talking and everybody wants to put a word in there and they want to stand up for their beliefs and they want to shove some Bible at somebody. But this passage, is James is telling the church, the Spirit of God, through James, is telling the church, listen, close your mouth for a minute. And listen, I think he's primarily speaking about the Bible. Like, I think he's saying, when you come to the Bible, shut your mouth and open your ears. But it can be applicable to a lot of things. Like our world. In in our world, our, our world is asking questions. They are asking questions, but we're answering questions a lot of times that nobody's asking. And it's important for the church to have their ears open, yes, to the Word of God, but also to our community. 
to our world. What are the questions our world is asking? We can't get so bogged down in, in church poli- politics and, and, and church doing this and church what the church should be like, what a Christian should look like, all that. We can't get so bogged down in that that we have forgot to hear from our community what their concerns are. What, what are they facing? Because you can talk about what you believe about baptism all you want to, but if the brother you're talking to is hungry, he's not hearing you. As soon as the bridge closes its ears to our community will be the day that we start to die. Approach the Bible with mouth shut and ears open, but also approach our world, our community. Yes, we have a message, and it's an eternity-changing message, but sometimes we need to shut our mouths and listen to our people. The main thing that I want to focus on in that group of verses is the phrase in verse 21 where where James says to humbly receive the implanted word. And the first point is Jesus speaks clearly to people who are able to unlearn and relearn. I know that may be a little wordy. Don't don't get bogged down in the wordiness. Just just hear it. Y'all, sometimes... We approach the Bible like we already know what it's going to say to us, especially church people. Have you ever been around anybody that knows it all? Like you start talking about stuff and they've already, they know that. Like you're you're trying to teach them something that you know they don't know and they already know how to do what you're trying to tell them what to do. Does anybody want to stand up and testify? Let's not, we don't need any divorces today. Sometimes we approach scripture like that though. Especially if you've been in church your whole life, you've heard all the stories and we come to the Bible and we open it and it's like we already know what God is going to say to us in this passage and we shut our ears and we start telling God who we think he ought to be or who we think he should be. And we start creating a God that looks like us and what we've always been taught when maybe we don't know it all. When definitely we don't know it all. Today, if you're, if you're a church person, I know you come with church baggage. I know, you're, I know you tote church baggage. I know if you've been in church your whole life, you've got these things in your, in your background that kind of informs the way you read different things. But listen to me. I, I'm asking you to, that, that when you approach Scripture, humbly say, I, don't, I might be missing it here. It's like when Jesus, the story of the rich young ruler, when Jesus tells him to sell everything he has and give it to the poor, we say, well, we know that if he would have said, okay, Jesus wouldn't have made him do that. No, you let Jesus be Jesus. Don't start there. 
James is telling us when we approach, when we approach the word of God, when we open up our scripture that's, that the author is the creator of the world, we go and we say, I don't have it figured out, God. Tell me what I need to change. Humbly receive the implanted word that's able to save you. There's another side to this. Sometimes, if you're in this room and you're not a believer, or, or maybe you've been, um, maybe you've walked away from the faith, there's another way to not receive the, the implanted word humbly, and it's that you come with your, your offenses already up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever been in a rut with a person and it doesn't matter if they turn into Saint Mother Teresa, you finna be offended by what they do. I've been there. You been there? There's another marital thing there, but hey honey, are you saying I'm fat? You know, sometimes I've ne- that's never happened to me, but I've heard about it. Um, sometimes we we come with our offenses already ready to be offended by what the Bible says. And maybe you've been a part of a church or maybe you've been around a Christian that has, that has cut you down with the Word of God. They've just shoved Scripture at you and they've, they've used the Bible to jab you and they've used the Bible to hurt you. I want to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm sorry that's happened to you if it has. I will apologize for them on their behalf. I'm sorry. That's not right. I will tell you that there are some very hard things in this book because it confronts us with who we are and who God is. So sometimes we get really uncomfortable, but even though this book is a book of pain, sometimes it's also a book of healing. And if somebody has used the Bible to hurt you, but they, they didn't use it also as a balm for you to, to heal you, then they, they stop short. But today I'm, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, if that's you if, you, if you've let somebody hurt you with the Scripture, and now when you read the Scripture, you hear from a Christian, you automatically throw up your offenses. I'm begging you to let Jesus speak to you today. He may not be who you think he is. It may hurt, but he also heals. Let's keep reading. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Point number two is that willingness to obey Jesus is not the same as actual obedience. You know what I'm saying? Being willing to obey Jesus is not the same as obeying Jesus. We know this point. We we really do, but we we don't live by it all the time. 
Uh, your presence here this morning tells me that Jesus is probably pursuing you. He's probably working in your life in some way. But there's a danger to this. If you, if you think that coming this morning and hearing somebody broken speak about the Bible is your spiritual service to God, that's not true. That's the danger. What we're doing this morning, that's, that's not obedience. Obedience is taking what we learn and, and go out there and actually doing it. Huge difference. Obedience is the point. There's a big difference between being willing to share our faith and sharing our faith. There's a big difference between being willing to forgive a person that's offended us and forgiving a person that's offended us. There's, there's a huge difference between those things. And, and we understand that, but we don't always apply it. If, you're, if your kid's watching TV, and you, you come to them, and you say, son or daughter, I need you to turn the TV off and go clean your room. And they look at you and they say, you know what, I really love you. I love you with all I am. And when I'm 100% sure that you want me to go clean my room, I'm willing to do that. You're going to say, you better get up, clean your room. Or if you get a bill in the mail and, and, and you open the bill and you look at it and you say, that's, that's a really cute looking bill. And you write a note and you send it back to the water department and you say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to pay this bill when I definitely know that you really want me to pay it. And you put it in the bill and you say, you're going to get your stuff cut off. Willingness to do things is not the same as doing it. And, and, and the danger here is that the, I think the bridge has an incredible vision with incredible values but that, that look really good on paper, but as long as we just say what we say we believe, nothing changes about our world. We can talk about how we want to pursue diversity and how we love people that don't act, look, or think like us, and we want them to be a part of us, but if we don't make room for those people in our church... We're hearers, and we're not doers. And the enemy of our souls is tickled. And what James is saying here is, don't deceive yourself. You know it's possible to trick yourself. James is saying, don't Lie to yourself. As long as you're stuck in only being a hearer, the enemy's good with that. There's another side to this, and I saw it this past weekend with uh, Rebecca Ross and, and Abby Ivy, our, our female summer intern. We were at Farm Fest handing out water, and uh, this guy came up, and it, it was kind of, uh, it, was, it was a really good conversation, but... Um, you could tell he was a little hostile. 
And uh, he, he said, he, he started talking about Christianity and he started talking to me, to me about what we believe at the bridge. And, and he said this, he said, um, well, let me ask you this. You feeding the poor? You caring for the poor? And I say, you know what, we're not perfect, but we really are trying to care for the poor and this is how. And he said, well, you've got my attention. And he said, how many people come to your church that don't look like you? And I was not expecting that question from this man. He said, how many, how many people come to your church that don't look like you? And I said, sir, we're, we're not perfect and we're working toward that. But we're growing in that area. And he said, you've got my attention. Here's a man that I, I, I did not expect to have this conversation with, but he was investigating whether or not what I said I believe was becoming a reality in my life. And there's a lot of people that are asking the questions, they're, they're just not coming out of their mouth. They're looking at you, and they're saying, he says, she says they believe this. Let me see. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself and possibly deceiving others. Very critical, friends, that we're not all mouth, but we're doers. Verse 22 again, let's read it one more time. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what, what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does." The last point is remembering the scriptures allows the Bible to read us. Sometimes we get really worried about reading the Bible and we should read the Bible, but friend, the Bible is also meant to read us. James tells this story of this man that, that looks in the mirror, and, and you have to remember that verse that we just talked about, about being doers and hearers. He's, he's talking about this man that looks in the mirror, and he walks away from the mirror, and he completely forgets what he looked like in the mirror. And sometimes, you know, that's the point for some of us. Like, we want to look at the mirror and be like, all right, and then walk off. The worst thing that can happen to me, y'all, is for me to open my phone and open my camera app, and it's turned to selfie mode, and I didn't know it. And that's tough. Like, you, you hit the camera, it's like, whoa, you know, four chins, bro. You know, you, um, so sometimes we're trying to get out from what we see in the mirror. But, but James tells this picture about when we're a doer of the word, we're, a, we're, we're, we're looking into this reflection of ourselves constantly. And the reason that's true is because the Word asks us to do things that we can't do. 
And when we find out we can't do that stuff, it thrusts us into the person of Jesus who can. So he tells us to share salvation, share salvation with the people around us, knowing that we can't save anybody. So what does it do? God, I can't save anybody, but I know you've pushed me into this world to share your salvation with people. I need you. And it's this circle of humility where we go back to the word and we receive it again humbly. And then we allow it to read us and then we go do it. We're doers of the word. We're not just hearers where we're in our 15th Bible study, but we've never done one thing that one of those Bible studies have taught us. We're actually in the world doing stuff and we're learning that we can't do this apart from God. And he thrusts us back into himself and we, we're taught humility again and again and again. Because this book asks us to do things that are bigger than we are. When we're a hearer only, we have a, a lot of knowledge, and it's like we idolize it. Oh, we can tell everybody about theology. We can tell everybody. We can quote 1,500 verses at people. But when we're a doer, we get taught humility pretty quick. Because we need Jesus to do this thing. Are you a hearer that hears and hears and hears and hears and hears and that's the point of your walk with God? Or are you a doer who's wallowing in humility because you know how much you need him to actually do? This morning I have an application for kids, an application for students, and an application for adults. Kids, your application is to begin reading and memorizing the Bible now. Uh, if you're a kid in this room, I, I want to ask you to start reading and memorizing the Bible because your brains are better than ours. My goodness. When you set out to do something, when you set out to... Sailor came home one day and had to, all the books of the Bible memorized. I got to go to the table of contents... I promise you, you will not be upset with yourself later on in life if you start memorizing the word today. It'll serve you. I believe in you. I saw this lady one time quote the entire book of James, y'all. The entire book of James. And if a kid does that, I'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese or Texas Day Brazil, whatever's your flavor. <laughs> Start memorizing early. Application for teenagers. Learn to obey what you read in the Bible immediately. Don't sit on what you know. We put it off, and when we put it off, it becomes more difficult to obey each time. Teenagers, maybe you need to move your quiet time with the Lord, your time with the Lord, to the morning time. 
where, where when you read a scripture, you walk away from that and you do it. Now, some things are descriptive in the Bible and some things are prescriptive, meaning when Jesus walked on water, that don't mean you need to go try. That was descriptive. Prescriptive means when you read something, when the Lord speaks to your soul, you go do it. Maybe you do need to learn to trust him today when you're faced with a water-walking type situation. But teenagers, listen to me. Go to the Gospels. Go read the stories of Jesus and then immediately take them to school with you and do it. And watch the Bible come alive for you like you've never seen. I've said this before in here, but children and students, you, you are not the future of the church. You're not. You're the right now. We believe that you need to be in here. There's a place for you to serve today for Jesus. We need you using your gifts. We need you in hot pursuit of him because you're not the future. You're the right now. Application for adults. Approach the word and the world humbly as a learner. We may not know what we think we know. I, I really want us to be careful with this, y'all. I know, I know some of you, I know we all have this church. I, I'm constantly taking off my church baggage when I approach the Word. Because the Word doesn't make us this cookie-cutter Christian. It shapes us into the fashion of Jesus who sometimes makes people uncomfortable. A lot of times he makes people uncomfortable. So I'm asking you to to lay down all that stuff you think you know and approach the word honestly and humbly. And I'm also asking you to approach our world honestly and humbly. You may go to a community right here in Wynn that thinks a lot different than you and they may be right. And you may be wrong. Approach our world humbly. Approach the word humbly. Last, I, w- I want to speak to you if, if, you're a non- if you're not a believer or you've been hurt by the church and pushed away. Will you, will you lay that down, please? Will you lay down your offense and allow Jesus to be Jesus in your life? Don't, don't start with a fight when you open up Scripture. Don't, don't start with a fight when you approach a believer that's sharing the gospel with you. Don't start there. Allow Jesus to speak clearly to you. There's a painful part of this that we're all sinners that were born with this sin nature, that we're broken and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's not judgment, that's not condemnation, that's honest truth. That's just the truth of the matter about all of us in this room. But there's also healing because one came and lived a perfect life. He was not broken, but he took on our broken, brokenness and he took it to the cross and he was spit on and tortured and beaten on our behalf and he, he got what we deserved. And because of that, you can have grace and mercy and a future 
that is solid, give your life to him. Don't be offended by him. Don't start with offense. Give your life to him. We're going to sing a couple more songs. If you want to respond to this message, if you need me to pray for you, or if you need Kirk to pray for you, or if you need one of these ladies to pray for you, you feel free to move around the room. If the Spirit of God is speaking to your soul, the last thing we want to do is tell him no. So whatever you need to do in response to him, you do it. If, if you're tired of running from Jesus, if you're tired of, of living your own life the way you want to, and you want to get that straight today, you can come see me over to the side, and we'll talk through that today. Let me pray for us, and then we'll worship him together. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the times that we have tried to give your word to others or, or push your word on other people when we have never internalized it ourselves. Father, I, I pray that we would be people who, who before we say anything to any, anybody else about who you are, we allow you to speak into our souls. I pray that we would be people who approach your word with humility, knowing that we don't have it all figured out. We don't, we don't have anything figured out apart from you. And we certainly don't have you figured out. You're God. You're eternally better than us. Father, I pray for that soul in this room that may be fighting you. They may have had circumstances in their life or been hurt by people or pushed away from you by people. I pray that you would teach them to look at you and not your sheep. And I pray that they would, they would not allow somebody to affect their walk with you. Father, I pray that you would also teach us to be listeners to our world. That we wouldn't just approach our community in arrogance thinking we know people, we know we've got it figured out. But that we would be people who hear from others. Learners. And in that, I pray you would, we would find wisdom to serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen.